Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals to a live Q&A with yours truly. And for those who are watching for the very first time, I want to say welcome. My name is Josh Rezzi. Make sense of your life. But if you're watching me, if you've been subscribed to my channel for 12 years, seven years, four years, three months, or 20 minutes, I want to say thank you so much for joining me here on my live feed. And for those who's new, uh, this is just my live Q&A. And usually on my channel, there are some videos that are pretty long. And if you want to navigate and really find out the answers to a particular question that uh, resonates with you, feel free to go to the comment section below. That's where all the timestamps are. And so you'll be able to navigate there. But let's get right into the live. Let me know where y'all watching from. And we'll get right into the Q&A. Hope you all are doing exceptional on this Sunday. Hope you all are hanging in there. Um, staying focused on God, utilizing this quarantine season um, for you to uh, master a new skill, to deepen your fellowship with the Father and, and really um, uh, grow as a person. The Humble One, what's up? I'm here, Team Josh. What's up, Humble One? Loving me God's way. Blessings to you. Hey, Coach, I hope you are doing all doing exceptionally well, Miss Reynolds. Thank you. Sweet Pete, good evening, Coach Josh. Good evening to you too. Carmen Glover, what's going on? Detroit in the building. Hello, Coach from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. What's going on? What's up, Coach from Virginia? What's going on? Divine 15 says, hey, coach, I'm really nervous about this virus. I tried to pray, but they are making it seem like things are getting worse. Prayers and advice. No problem, Divine 15. I will be praying for each one of y'all who all are struggling with fear. And, and fear is understandable, especially uh, for, for many of us. This is probably our uh, first big major uh, uh, um, global, national, local uh, um, situation. But um, usually the reason why fear is birthing is because our idols have been stripped away. Our source of provision has been stripped away. Our, our false sense of hopes have been stripped away. And now we have no other uh, 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 place to trust but God. And and I'm not sitting here saying that God sent the virus because only good things come from God. All uh, things that are good come down from the father of light. So God didn't send the virus, but the virus by default opens up a door for us to self-evaluate, to self-evaluate our support systems to self-evaluate our what we had our um, um, lives anchored on. And so what you do right now, Divine 15, is find your root in, in God and really assess where you are with him. Um, those who are, are in him will be preserved through this, will be taken care of through this. And this is an opportunity to see where your faith is so that you can determine that once we're finished with this, because this is just the beginning. This is nothing uh, um, the word of God is, has shied away from. It talks about in the last days, there will be times like these. And, uh, and we have to gird ourselves up and realize that our home is not here, that we have to focus on things above. But my advice to you now is, is to assess your faith level, process where uh, 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 you are in your life right now with you and God and develop a, a, a connection with him. Now that everything's moved, now that you can't rely on this or rely on that, now you have to really focus on God. It's time to really develop a real solid thriving relationship with God so that when the next pandemic come, when the next global situation come, your faith is a little bit stronger. So be encouraged. Those who are in God will be preserved. Um, God is your provider. God will keep you. God will sustain you. You just have to look inside yourself and see where you are and support yourself in the hope that is unmovable, who is Jesus himself. And so I understand being nervous is, is understandable, but I'm not nervous because I know who I'm in. I know that he's my provider. He is still providing. Um, um, provisions have been coming all over the place for me and my wife. Everything's been sustained. Um, um, cupboards full. We're not stupid. We're wise. But 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 we're not allowing what's going on around us to help us lose sight of what we've been trusting for years. So this is an opportunity for you to uh, 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 reevaluate your life, anchor yourself a little bit more, and actually see this as a blessing to get rest, to see it as a blessing to self-evaluate, to see it as a blessing to uh, uh, um, 
uh, uh, do some personal development and, and to really count uh, uh, count uh, the things that you may have been taking for granted. Like, for instance, the gym, we, I've taken that for granted, taking a lot of things for granted now, and I'm reassessing that, okay, when it's time this release, there's going to be some things that I'm going to appreciate more along the side of the list of things that I appreciate now. Hope they help Divine 15. Good evening, Sheena Crockett. Is it uh, good evening? Is it okay for Christians to go on dating sites? I, I've, I've answered this before, and I'll definitely answer this for you again. Um, but I think it's not wise for believers to go on a dating site because our relationship should not be made down here. It should be a match made in heaven. And so, those who go onto dating websites can be based upon uh, just ignorance, or it could be based upon zealous uh, zealousness. Um, but usually, people. Uh, uh, do those things when they do not trust God with that area. So I tell everyone who's on a dating site or who are making themselves available, you have to ask yourself the honest question, do I trust God? The other question would be, well, coach, um, how else can uh, God's man or God's woman find me if I don't make myself available? Um, God knows your address. God knows where you are. God has already set up the scenario for y'all two to meet. And so you don't have to worry about doing that. All you have to worry about is making sure that you and God are thriving, that you better understand yourself. Because if you're not one with God, if you're not one with, I just think it's best as believers that we don't have to do what the world has to do. We have someone that is as invested in our life as ever. He is detailed. He has already uh, 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 designed your man and woman. Uh, right now, he's just allowing life within time to develop you to the right season or timing for y'all to meet. So my advice to you is to trust him. And I don't think it's wise to go on dating sites because you don't need them um, because you want a match that's made in heaven, not a match that's made on match.com. Hope that helps. Tori J says, hey, coach, I pray you and your family are doing well. We so we are doing exceptional. Thank you, Tori J. How do you witness to non-believers about Jesus when they're genuine, when they genuinely ask? Great question. Um, the fact that they ask is because they observe the epistle that is your life. The Bible says we are supposed to be living epistle, walking epistles, that for many of us, we are going to be some people's first Bible that they read. Some people, the first gospel message that they see or the goodness of God that they see is through our lives. So the fact that they have asked genuinely about the hope that's in, you share your testimony. Uh, before you get into theology, share your testimony. Your testimony would then give credibility, not, 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 the ultimate credibility. We're just saying it gives some credibility to the theology spirit's help as a navigate life. So your testimony is important. And then make sure as you share your testimony, before you get into theology, let your testimony um, um, help uh, bring some uh, credibility to the God's work in your life. And then until your theology is sound, if it's not, if it is, use your theology, use scriptures, do what you can. Um, but and, but if you feel like I'm I'm kind of new to this, I'm not really new to evangel. I'm, I'm new to evangelism. Then give them some videos of of people that are sound in their theology on videos about uh, 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 walking with God and etc. Um, but but the good thing is they saw your life and your life is your greatest. Um, uh, I wouldn't say marketing strategy, but it's the greatest tool that God uses because especially for those who've been watching the different phases of your life. That's why don't get stuck in a phase. Keep going down the way. Because as people watch, they begin to see you mature, they begin to see you grow, and they begin to see how how is this person, we in the same, we got the same job, we got the same, we came from the same house, we came from the same this, but they're supplied differently. See, that's where the gospel's prevalent. When people who make the same as you, work at the same place as you, do the same things that you would do accordingly, they start making comparison. Like, why is this person being preserved during the coronavirus? Why is this person uh, uh, um, has favor on her job um, to be able to 
to work from home and make money, etc. for him as well. And, and I'm seemingly not there. Um, that's where your life begins to reveal the hope that's in you. And then you go on with theology or, or, or people who can support them as they grow in a walk with God. But realize this, you're not Jesus. The Holy Spirit will lead you into how much you should contribute to that person's sanctification. Um, because what happens to most people, they feel like uh, since I plant, I got to water and get the increase. The Bible says some plant, some water, but God gets the increase. Planters are those who share the gospel. Waters, Waterers are those who disciple the gospel seed in the person's life. But both don't got to worry about the increase. God's got it. Hope that helps. Sugar Mom, what's going on for Tulsa? How you doing? Uh, uh, Kenner, Louisiana in the house. Thank you for watching, y'all. Chantel Mills. Hey, Coach Columbus, Ohio in the building. Good to see y'all. Nick Antoine says, Coach, I think God is leading me to stop listening to preachers and focus on the word only. So how do I know if he really is? Um, that's, I mean, that's prevalent um, because God is trying to wean you off of the breasts of preachers, to wean you off of them being your supply. Look at where the church is right now during this virus. Nobody can go to church now. And so now most people are now faced with the reality of that they made their church their sole source for spiritual supply when God is supposed to be. See, the best meals are cooked at home, my friends. So God is really leading you to learn how to rightly divide the word of truth from yourself, not to get puffed up in your head, not to think of yourself more highly, you ought to think in your theology, but to better understand the hope that's in you, the work that's in you, and the work that he wants you to work in this life. And so I really do believe God is winning you off, even off of me. This is a time for you to be able to get in your word for yourself, get you a good study Bible, ESV study Bible, and simply go to the word yourself. You don't need no books right now. Now, don't get me wrong, you may get you a strong concordance, uh, get you a, a solid uh, a study Bible, ESV study Bible. That's what I had to do. Back when I was 24, I didn't watch nobody for a long time. It was just me and my Bible. And I learned so much about my own faith that I can then pinpoint the lies or the twist. And as a young man, it'll set you up as being a solid spiritual leader in your household, because then you will be able to understand what it means to wash your wife with the word. You will be able to understand what it means to help your children grow in the word. That as they go out, they'll know they'll meditate. As they come in, they'll meditate. They hear the word going out, hear the word coming in. And it will be a great uh, resource for them as they get older. And so I think it is God leading you not to listen to anybody. And then then you will be weaned off of the death of uh, the dependency on somebody else's theology. And then you will understand uh, the word of God for yourself that when you do go back out there, the Holy Spirit will then lead and guide you to who you need to listen to. And it, with the things that you hear, you'll be able to pinpoint because your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit has become more sensitive because you're not being you're not you're not trading him for preachers. So I'm proud of you. Um, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Um, do not allow this time to make you arrogant in theology, to make you puffed up in your head, to make yourself a know-it-all. Utilize this time to work on every area in your life. And so that when you do go out into the next phase of your life, you're sound, you're sensitive, and you're sure about what you believe. Hope to help. Sing Songbird says, hello from the Bay State. Thank you for watching. Hello, Reaching High from Dallas. Thank you for watching. Enoch Book Tome says, hey, coach, I once heard preachers and Christians saying that God's that God loves some people more than others. And is this true? No. Listen, there's there's there. Here, here is what I want you to understand. God loves each and every one of us equally, but he doesn't trust us all equally. 
right? Um, to whom much is given, much required. Um, like if you look at any family, there are certain children in a family who are more responsible than another. That doesn't mean a parent loves a child more than the other child. They just know that this person is more responsible. So God doesn't love um, you more than me or me more than you. Um, his love, uh, even if we lived a billion years, we wouldn't be able to get it down to a science or really perceive it all the way through. And so because God's love is exclusive to him, we're just experiencing it at, at our own ability through our senses and through our uh, 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 um, abilities in this area. But yeah, uh, God doesn't love anyone more than anyone else, but he does trust people differently and is just using common sense. Um, and so uh, preachers who talk like that, I don't know where exactly what their angle point was or whatever it was coming from, um, but God doesn't love me more than you or you more than me um, um, because that's not genuine love. He's not partial. Um, and even with non-believers, he loves them. You know what I'm saying? And 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 but he loves them enough not to let them in heaven. He loves them enough to let them have what they want, and that's eternal separation from him. Hope that gave some kind of clarity. Sheena Crockett says, I also really need to get the question answered about being on dating sites as a Christian, please. Did I get you? Did I get your answer? I, I did get your answer, right? Oh, okay, I, just, I didn't answer your question. I did. I got you, Sheena. Hope to help. Well, accept my okay, got you. Uh, Gigi, what's going on? Oh, amen. I got you. Good evening. Uh, DJ says, why would I be attracting married men? The past four or five guys I've attracted have been married. Am I giving off something that says this is the type of person I am? Um, no, there's just dogs out there, dogs who are married. So it doesn't matter if you're living a pure life. You're going to, you want, I'm not sitting there. You don't attract anything just by you being a woman's going to attract men. You can be uh, set apart from God. You could, you could be wearing a sheet. You can be wearing a full sheet, fully covered, and men are just going to be drawn to you. And um, uh, and so don't look at it as now. You got to look at your own life. Uh, you got to look at what you're wearing. You got to look at your level of uh of friendliness. You got to look at your level of. You just got to assess yourself. Now, if you're just like, hey, I'm solid. I ain't even looking their way. I dress modesty. I have a modest aura about myself. What I mean by that? Some women have a certain appeal about themselves based upon what they experience as a child. They kind of give off a certain type of energy. Uh, uh, lustfully, and they don't even know they're doing it because of how they carry their body based upon their experience. So you got to look at yourself and ask God, is there anything in me that is contributing to my actions that not necessarily is your fault that you're attracting them, but kind of ask yourself, am I doing something extra? Um, uh, but, but, but to get back to what I'm saying, you can be living holy. You could be living set apart. You can be doing your thing with God and you're just going to attract men. Now, what you do when those married men come to you is different. You just got to be able to, and it also boils down to what city you're in. If you live in a city like Chicago, New York, where there's a lot of business people traveling, businessmen traveling, those guys are looking for a uh, uh, different type of women in different type of area codes to sustain them as they work in certain cities. So look at it like that. Uh, but everything boils down to assess yourself to make sure you cover yourself. Make sure you're not giving off any vibe. And even if you're not giving off a vibe, just know that men are going to try to slide to see what they can get on the side, if that makes sense. Uh, but uh, um, it, don't worry about attraction. Um, um, Mary, there's some married men that's just not men. They're boys looking for toys in different places. Hope they help. I'm going to keep listening to them. Oh, yeah, let the Holy Spirit lead you. If he tells you who to listen to, you listen to who you listen to. I understand that. But be very careful that you don't become dependent on these preachers because, you know, you got to be able to know who's a false teacher, who's a false preacher, etc. Sean M says, I'm trying to stop thinking about my future wife. And thank you for the, for the person that gave. I appreciate that super chat. I appreciate that. 
I'm trying to stop thinking about my future mate, my future period, but it's so hard. I'm only 20 and I beat myself up. How can I just let God be in control of my future and trust him? Great question. Let me break it down. Let me look at it again. I'm trying to stop thinking about my future mate, my future period. And it's so hard. I'm only 20. Let me stop there. You're 20. You're 20. By God's grace, you got your whole life ahead of you. Uh, we live in a society where uh, uh, making comparisons is 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 normal. Um, it, it, it comes a place to where if I'm not where this person is, um, I'm not successful. Let me give you advice from a 34-year-old to every 20-year-old, especially when it comes to trusting God for their significant other and trusting God with their future. Um, there is nothing that you can do to make your future match God's future for you. It all boils down to your trust in him. Um, I don't... I, there is nothing that I did that got myself here. There's nothing that I did that had me meet my wife. My wife was brought to my Bible study by her best friend at the time, right? Oh, best friend. I, there was, I, didn't, I didn't look online to find her. I didn't make myself available to find her. She didn't make herself. God did it. Um, uh, Oral Roberts University, God did that. Uh, my, my friends that I met at Oral Roberts, God did that. I can go back and see how God woven within his, uh, in his, uh, 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 how he does what he does made everything how it is from the ministry that I started, from the books that I wrote um, to the place that I'm at right now. Every step that I take, especially when I let go of my life, became better. So don't worry about your future. Just ensure that your life is in the hands of the one that holds your future. And the beautiful thing about those who are 20, 20s are the time or the, it's the decade that you find, discover and develop yourself. Don't worry about marriage in your 20s. Don't worry about your career in your 20s. Worry about getting to know God. Worrying about uh, developing your purpose. Worrying, not worry about, but get to know yourself. Get to know your purpose. Get to know God. And everything else will take care of itself. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things will be added. Seek him first. Because if you seek him first, you will go with his flow. And if you go with his flow, you will be able to find what he has already uh, established in your life. I'm a living witness. So you have to look at yourself and ask yourself, am I envious? Am I making comparisons? Am I jealous? Am I I idolatrous, what's inside of my heart that's having me more prone to that? Then you get into a place where you renew your mind to who you are in Christ as his righteousness in Christ Jesus. Renew your mind and who you are in him. Renew your mind in, in, in understanding what life is really about. That, that these are not the times to be entangled with civilian affairs. Because if you get entangled with these different things, you won't be prepared in of yourself for what may come to your life next year, five years from now, 10 years from now. So how do you stop thinking about your future, mate, realizing that nothing you can do right now, except for if you decide to disobey God and settle, that can make that man come sooner. Sooner, God's timing is perfect and, and God has a perfect offer for someone right now. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're 20. And when you understand that 20 is like the new 15, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 then you'll be able to say, you know what? I'm just fresh into this world. Let me find myself. Let me find God. Let me get to know him and let it all develop. Your future's in the hands of God. If you get so caught up in that, you'll start going in your own flow and then you'll start finding yourself in soul ties. You'll find yourself in relationships that waste your time. Then you'll find yourself doing things, pursuing things that when you're 28 and 33, you have regrets. You don't want to do that. Uh, but it's so hard. I'm only 20. I beat myself up. Uh, you got to ask yourself, are you a perfectionist? 
Um, are you a person that, because what's going to happen is, and if I could be honest with you, a lot of people in their twenties, about time you 22, 23, and you're in college or you whatever, you're going to go through, uh, um, a young life crisis. <clears throat> You're going to go through a young life crisis. And this young life crisis is this. Everything that you was brainwashed into thinking, everything that you was taught, everything that most of the things that you was given and told about your career and dream right now is that bubble's going to burst because you're going to realize that everything that you was conditioned to do at this point was a lie for the most part and that you're probably living somebody else's dream or you're trying to pursue a dream that's not even God's dream. And most people at 20 don't even know why they are here, don't know enough about God. To to be able to do anything. And so what happens is if you're not careful, you're going to be 22, 23, 24, and that bubble's going to burst. The real world's going to hit you in the face. And then you're going to, if you're not, if you're not rooted in God, you're going to go and sway. It happened to me at 25. I started questioning my belief. I started questioning God because my bubble burst. God took me out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I had a big ministry that was about to boom. I was about to be on Daystar. I was about to travel around the Midwest and the West Coast. I was about to travel and take our ministry. I had a whole team of people ready to go. God snatched me out of Tulsa in my mom's living room and all I had was a Bible but as I navigate because your trust is in something other than God so don't think about your future and I know it's difficult but I want you to get a sheet of paper and say why are you thinking about this future self and this future purpose and why are you so hard on yourself then the Holy Spirit revealed to you your heart condition and your idolatry potentially or your insecurity potentially then the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into the truth that you need to set you free in that area so that you can walk in truth fervently. Hope to help. Kimberly, what's going on? Shante Mills, two-part question. No problem. How do you know if you were discipled properly? Ooh, good question. Also, how do you know if you're operating the spirit of religion? Great question. Let's start with the first one. How do you know if you were discipled uh, disciple properly when you're able to uh, do the work of God uh, ex uh, separate of the person. Um, di discipleship improperly is when you start calling the pastor your father. Uh, that's my daddy in the faith, my father in the faith. And nothing wrong with having spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. But what I'm saying, you become attached when you're able to detach from the person. And that this real discipleship is equipping you to be sufficient on your own. It's not giving you fish. It's teaching you how to fish. It's teaching you how in need of the physical version of me, but you rely on the internal spirit of me, but you will be able to do it extended from the natural person himself. So improper discipleship is when there's some type of dependence on the discipler. And then you that 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 person becomes your sole source theology, almost control and manipulation. You know you've been discipled properly when that person has equipped you with tools uh, as exclusive of them. That they're not the main tool for your for your growth, but they were a tool, a person, a tool shop that gave you the tools you need to trust the Holy Spirit on your own, to help you rightly divide the word of truth on your own, to help you understand apologetics and your theology, making sure that you sound and having you to have a tender heart of Christ, able to be gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent. That's proper discipleship. Now, your second question is also, how do you know if you're operating the spirit of religion when that becomes your idol, when religion is your source of salvation? Now, let me make sure I separate because the Bible talks about that pure and undefiled religion is this for you to take care of the widows and the orphans in their need and to be unspotted from the world. So when people say I have I have a relationship with no religion, 
they're they're throwing the good part of religion out of the window. Um, what's a what's a marriage without vows? You see what I'm saying? So the vows is the boundaries of my marriage. This is what I vow to my wife. All my actions, all of my efforts are within the boundaries of my vow. Un, the undefiled religion that I live under Christianity is the proper boundaries of my relationship with God. Any relationship without boundaries is not a relationship. So everyone says I got a relationship with God, but your heart is not with him. You honor him with your lips, but your hearts are far from him. But you have a relationship with God, but you have no boundaries. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will trust the Holy Spirit in you to help you to be able to live a life of holiness. Now, that's when you know you're operating um, uh, in religion, when religion is uh, unnecessary boundaries, legalism, when it comes down to idolizing your set, you're idolizing your doctrinal uh Give me beliefs, idolizing your uh, denomination. When you talking about we PAWs, we we uh Kojic, we non-nominational, we uh Church of God of this, and and we and we whatever, 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 whatever denomination you claiming that, then you start getting caught up in all these doctrinal things. But it, you know that you are in a proper religion when you care about those in need and you desire to be unspotted from the world. That's when you know your relationship is within the proper boundaries. If you're spotted amongst the world, doing what the world is doing, talking like the world, thinking like the world, living like the world, you your relationship is, is not there like you think it is. And there's a lot of people that swear that they don't need religion. They don't need no boundaries. Uh, a, a relationship without boundaries leads to rebellion. So how do you know if you've been a disciple properly when your discipler is detached from you as the main tool and you're exclusively working on your relationship with God individually? They were the ones that set you up. They got you in place where a place of understanding where you could trust the Holy Spirit and understand how to rightly divide the word of truth. And you know if you operate in the spirit of religion when 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 you're legalistic, when you're partial, when you judge others, when you're self-righteous, when you think you're better than somebody else, that's when you know that you operate in the spirit of religion um, because you don't care about the widows and the orphans in their need. And you talk about they those that's in the world, but forget that a part of you is in the world as well. Hope to help. King's uh, So Come Vet says, why do people that left our lives always seem to come back when when we have moved on. They do that because uh, people want to see what life is exclusive of you. Uh, most people want you and something. Um, uh, and, and that's why I have no uh, uh, sympathy, not sympathy. I don't have no uh, tolerance for people who can't recognize my value. If you can't, if you, if you couldn't recognize my value at the moment, and then you want to come back and get value later, then, then you just missed out on your opportunity. The reason why people do that is because they had enough for you. They didn't realize they were users. They did not you realize that they were potential abusers. And what they wanted was was a part of you, and you became old to them because their 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 demon inside them, their idolatry inside them, had enough of you. You no longer was their supply, so they wanted to go find some type of other energy somewhere else, and then realize that what I thought was green on the other side was actually artificial turf. That's why I don't worry about how green the grass of other people that, that they have, <laughs> because now you got better boundaries. You got better standards now. So they no longer have access to that green grass. And that's what you got to do. Um, sometimes God blinds people of your value um, so that so that they won't uh, be a demonic tool to continue to devalue you mentally. So people leave and, and they think there's greener pastures, but don't worry about that. Another person's actions against you should not determine your value. 
Just because someone doesn't recognize value doesn't mean you lost value. Like I said in many other videos, a million dollar painting is a million dollar painting, even if it's been overlooked a million times. It doesn't matter how many people overlook the value of a thing, that thing is still that value. Somebody who's able to recognize that value will steward that value. And because real recognize real, uh, uh, immature can't recognize certain things because they're self-centered, they're selfish, they're egotistical, they're, they're uh, energy suckers and they're leeches. And when you got, when you live in a society that the Bible talks about in Timothy, that people will be lovers of themselves, this is the world we live in. So you got to trust God even more for the right relationships and the right friendships, because the Bible talks about in that day, people will be lovers of themselves and not lovers of God. And so people move on. And they get mad when you move on because you were supposed to be their backup plan. You see, I, I, I'm not supposed to never be someone's backup plan. You see what I'm saying? Be somebody's main plan. Be some. Be a part of being somebody's life who you and them are in God's plan for each other. That you're back. That you that you are God's back plan. That God backs the plan. That God is in this plan. But but never, uh, never lose sleep. Never lose tears. Okay, get your tears out. Don't get me wrong because you're human. But never lose tears for someone that's trying to make you their backup plan. Always be in a plan that God backs and you'll be all right. Hope that, hope to help. Sing Songbird. Oh, we, the Lord is preaching. Thank you. Thank you. Miguel says, Miguel from North Carolina. What's up, family? Hope you enjoyed the sun today. Thank you, man, for the wisdom you share with us that God has given you. God gets the glory. I mean, it's an honor. It's, it's an honor. That's all I can say. I've gained so much from all your content. God gets the glory. I just give y'all the overflow of what he gives me, and I'm giving you the trust. I'm giving you from my trust in the Holy Spirit that utilize me as a vessel. He's the voice. I'm just a vessel. Thank you so much for those encouraging words, family. Uh, thank you, loving me, God's way. Dina, uh, Dina, Dina Mike says, What type of question should I ask a guy on a first on a first few days? Uh, don't worry about the questions you ask them. These are the questions you have to ask God. Number one, God, is this is this is this the one that you have for me? Um, God. Uh, is this a part of your plan for me? Because if you begin to ask questions to a person, never interview a person that you wasn't even wasn't supposed to interview. We were never supposed to interview our mates. We were supposed to get to know the person that God has for us. So here are some of the, what you should do is take some time before y'all go on y'all next date. Right. And, and I want you to talk to God and say, God, I desire to be in your will. Am I am I trusting in my own effort? Am I trusting in me? Um, am I doing anything outside of your timing, outside of your will? Is this guy for me? You know it's not from God. You know it's not from God when you know that you're not prepared for a relationship, when you know that you're still healing from the last relationship, when you know that you're idolizing the idea of relationship, this is the wrong time. So no matter what God comes right now, if your heart's not ready, if you haven't processed your feelings, if you're not content in God, it's not the right season to date. But if you're with the right person, here are some questions you need to ask. Number one, um, tell me a little bit more about your family. Tell me a little more about your upbringing. Um, because you got to understand their bloodline will tell you a lot about them. Um, um, it will tell you a lot about um, their habits. It will tell you about the eating. It will tell you a lot about certain things. Um, um, these are questions you ask even to the person that you're supposed to be with. Um, you ask them, uh, what are their thoughts on giving? What are their thoughts on, uh, I wouldn't even say too much about That's too deep question. But I do got a resource for you called Dating Prep. This is a great opportunity. I got a card game called Dating Prep. Questions for every stage of the relationship. So what I want you to do is, Get this card game on my website, imunplugged.com. It comes with a book. Comes with this book right here, uh, dating. Well, it doesn't come with it. You got to buy a card game. So the cloud phase 
is when y'all first met, you're going to know them. Cement phase relationship is getting serious. The corporation phase is when it's time to build. You're engaged or already married. A good cloud question you can ask is what hobbies, uh, what are your hobbies? Another a cloud question is what's your mom's name? What's your dad's name? Another cloud question is how close are you to each of your parents? That's a good question on the first date. Who were you closest to growing up and why? Why that important? Why that question is important? Because you'll be able to hear who and what ways could your upbringing affect your future relationships in a good or bad way? Another good cloud question on the first date is what are some of your family's traditions? What's one good memory you have about your upbringing? upbringing? What's one bad memory you have about your upbringing? Another cloud question is how old is you for real, for real? You know what I'm saying? How old are you? Uh, uh, do you want children? Uh, another cloud question, what is your favorite season and why? What was your favorite cartoon growing up? What is your favorite book to read and why? Accomplishments? How do you process disappointment? Uh, another cement question is, uh, if money was an issue, what would you pursue or produce? Um, corporation question when it's engaged, it's time to build. Uh, let's see if we can find a good corporation question. A lot of cloud questions, a lot of cement questions. Corporation question could be, man, I got a lot of, oh, cement question, uh, cloud question. Who raised you? <laughs> that's another good one. Is there anything I need to know that you haven't told me? Ooh, that's a good corporation question. Before you put a ring on my finger, before we get married, is there anything you need to tell me? So this, this book, this card game is a good resource for you. All the questions in this card game are actually in this book as well, so that you'll be able to um, uh, write their answer down, write your answer down. Like, for instance, let's see what uh, question we got here. Uh, do you like to work out? Marriage is an investment, and before anyone invests in it, they have to ensure that the person they are investing in the marriage with is healthy as well. So many people take their time and youth for granted. Many people in their 20s and 30s overlook their health, thinking they will always feel good. Bad things can still grow in a body that feels good. Hear me. It is important for you to see healthy habits practiced in the one you want to marry or are married to because a healthy marriage is only as healthy as the people involved. So I have some points in there for you to process the question. So there's also a box to write in. How's your health? Failing, poor, so, so excellent. Not, not sure. What is causing their health to be poor? Oh, how's their health? Are you willing to work on their health? Are they willing to work on their health? Yes or no? How could you support them in becoming healthy? Then it's another question. How's your health? What is causing your health to be poor? So it's a self-reflective book for those who are single as well as those in a relationship. So they write your answer in their book. You write your answer in your book and vice versa. Y'all write each other answer down. And y'all really see because the right question at the right time can end the wrong relationship at the right time. And so those are some of the questions that you can kind of process through that all those card games and books are on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I'll put the link in there right now for you. For you to be able to get those those card games that will help you with first date questions, as well as um, any question in your relationship, and also the book will help you kind of journal the experience. And each book is meant for each relationship. So if you find that the relationship was bad, and whatever you throw that book away, get a new book, and be ready for the next relationship. If you're single, write your answers to your to the questions in your book, so that you already say, you know what, I'm not ready to I'm not ready to be with anybody right now because I don't even know half the answer to some of these questions. Hope to help. I am unplugged.com for those resources. Uh, let's see. Thank you for answering that. No problem. You're welcome. I'm scared to never get married. Don't worry about that. 
Fear has torment. The Bible says the reason why you are afraid is because you haven't allowed the love of God to perfect the fear out of you. The Bible says he does not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, why is those three things important? Number one, you need power to get through things in his life. You need love. You need to really know what really love is. So you'll, because without knowing God's love, you won't enter into self-love because self-love leads to self-care and a sound mind. You got to be able to discern things that are in front of you deeply. And when you have been given the power of love and a sound mind through his spirit, then you won't be afraid of anything because you're backed by a faithful God. And, uh, and, and, and the Bible says fear has torment. So you have to look at your life and say, why am I being tormented by this? It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how many kids you have. If you are working on yourself and growing in the things of God, God has someone for you. You just got to trust it. If it's in his cars for you, which if it's a desire that you feel God placed in your heart, he's got you. You just got to make sure you're proactive in this time of singleness. Um, let's see here. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Okay, 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 okay. God bless you too. If you're dating someone, reaching high says, if you're dating someone who wants to move in and commit and commit to quickly, is that a bad sign? Also received a dream about drowning, but not dying since dating this person. Was this a sign from God? Let me let me break something down to you, my friend. Um, anyone who doesn't honor God is not going to honor you. Anyone who's not committed to God first would not be committed to you. And so if a person is trying to move in, uh, quickly on you without you really processing. I kind of read your question. I thought they were trying to move in with you. Um, but if a person moving too fast to a point to where, see, let me, let me break it down like this. No man should move too fast. If someone's moving too fast and pursuing you, then, then they're, then they're either trying to get in your pants or they're trying to fulfill that is better to marry than burn with passion, or they're, they're overly zealous about the idea relationship. A man should be able to um, trust God's leading, go at the pace of God. It's difficult at times. I can understand when you get excited, but a man should always be in, be in leadership with God, let let, let the Holy Spirit to lead them. Um, uh, so don't commit. That is commit. I mean, don't commit because that is a bad sign. Um, you got to really just slow the pace. And every woman should understand that you have the right to dictate the pace of a man. You have the right to communicate to that man. Yo, man, you moving too fast. You don't, like, do you know me? Start asking certain questions as a piece in the puzzle of your life. Because some men will pursue you to be a trophy wife. You're more than a trophy. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So, so you have to just kind of process uh, as far as your dream. Um, you could be drowning in your own ideas. You could be drowning in your own emotions. Um, um, it could be a lot of different things. You ask God, he'll be able to help you with that sign or write the dream down and, uh, and write the date that you had a dream and, uh, um, ask God for clarification. And then God will give you this, uh, the signs of the dream. But if the man is moving kind of fast, that's a bad sign. Um, and ask him, why are you moving so fast? Um, if he gets defensive, if he gets kind of whatever, then then you just know that he probably has ideas and whatever. But uh, uh, dictate that man's pace. You dictate that man's pace by saying, hey, you're moving too fast, buddy. Number two, you dictate his pace by saying, I'll let you know I get back with you. Uh, you dictate his pace by saying, you know what, let's pray to God about this because I like you. I'm interested in you, but I want to make sure I'm in the will of God first and see how he reacts with that. If he's cool with that then that may be a guy to consider based upon what God tells you. But if he's like, man, we don't got to do that. I know you the one God has for me. Nah, listen, God, God ain't going to make him know more than you know. Y'all both would know. Simple as that. Got time for me, but one or two more and I got to go. Great questions, y'all. I love these Q&As, man. I love doing them. Thank you, uh, humble one for giving. I really appreciate that. Thank you.
Okay. Kimberly is better than Mary. Oh, oh, got you. I told me. I told you, John. Good evening, uh, Trina. My ex just ghosted me for a countless number of times. He always comes back, but more importantly, I allow him. I always thought he was a soulmate, but I can't imagine uh, a soulmate doing this. Listen, um, God has the author of confusion, the author of clarity. Anytime the Bible, the Bible talks about it, a double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. The man's double-minded. He wants you and somebody else. It's that simple. Um, never get caught up in a person who doesn't recognize your 80, but always consume with somebody else's 20 because nobody's going to be 100%. And so most people, they want 100% out of you. There, There's no such thing as 100% of you because you're still growing. And as you're still growing, that person's still growing and y'all getting to know each other. So, so most people are looking for 100%. So when they meet you, they look at you and be like, oh man, she's great. She's amazing, but she doesn't have everything that I want. So what they do is they say, okay, she's got 80% of what I want, but, but I, I need her and somebody else to give me my hundred. See, the only person that can give you hundred percent is the Holy Spirit. The only person that can give you hundred percent is the man, Christ Jesus. So when a person starts getting so caught up in, well, you you give me wife like whatever, but this person gives me these other things. That person, you just get out. The reason why you still connected to them because y'all probably went through some some intimacies and y'all guys got a little bit too close, or your identities invested in him and he knows it. See, the demon he may not know, but the demon in them knows. They know how to use this person continuously. If you continue like this person to be, uh, uh, have occupancy in your mind. Never let a person rent space in your mind. Never let certain people rent space in your mind, and then I really invest in your life. And so many people do that. And so what they do is they begin to look at the other person and be like, okay, now I, 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 you become imprisoned by their decision making because you start making comparison into the woman they have ghosted you with. And don't get so caught up on a man who leaves your 80 for another woman's 20 because he's going to realize that she only has 20% and that's why he keeps coming back. But when he comes back, you trying to give him a wife, but he's trying to get something else out of your life. And so what he does, he keeps coming back and going. What you got to do is close that door because that man is not a man. That man's a boy. So if he keeps ghosting you, he because he's a ghost. <laughs> and we ain't talking about the Holy Ghost in him. He got some ghosts. He got some demons in him. Let that person keep floating away. And next time, let that be the end. Right now, keep it out. You got to look at yourself and ask yourself, why am I allowing this man? To, why am I allowing my life to have a revolving door in the front? You got to put some locks on that door. No more revolving door. This man think you can just come in and come out anytime you got to go. Lock, put locks on those doors. Increase your standards. Understand who you are in Christ as God's daughter. The greatest position that you need to process right now is you being God's daughter and knowing that he loves you. You need to take some time during this quarantine season. To find out the quality that he has placed in you, understanding your value, so that when you grow, you'll be able to not be dictated or 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 uh, disturbed by his actions. Never allow a boy to make a woman feel like don't allow boy actions to make you feel less of a woman. That's a boy. Boys don't know how to handle mature things. But you got to grow up from the girl stage to woman stage and realize who you are in Christ. My ex just goes to me for a countless number of times. He always comes back. He coming back because minded man's unstable in all of his ways. I always thought he was my soul. We got to change the way you think. You got to, your soulmate, who you supposed to change your soul is God. My wife ain't my soulmate. I ain't her soulmate. You see what I'm saying? We we don't get caught up in the soul. She's my spirit mate. It's that simple. Because the soul, like, you know what I'm saying? So she's the one that God has for me. The spirit is what connects us. Uh, purpose is what connects us. I don't get so caught up in the soul realm because my mind is still being renewed. My emotions are still being renewed. And we're growing into deeper oneness because my spirit is connected to God. Her spirit connected to God. And we're connected by that cord. And that spiritual cord between us three is renewing our soulish realm and and causing us to become even more one
Nope. A person who loves you will not do this to you. A person who recognizes value will not leave you wondering and looking at yourself valueless. Hope to help. Love you guys. I got to go. I love y'all. Hope y'all been blessed by this. I've been going 45 minutes and I'm trying to keep these as short as possible. I'll be here tomorrow. Uh, Lord willing. Um, and um, all my resources online, a dating prep book and a card game on my website as well. I am unplugged.com. A book on spiritual warfare, world war me, how to win the war within that's available online as well. My children's book. Oh, well, my children's book, as he says, as for the students I serve, is online for kids, helping kids discover their art form. And I have a lot of um, asiums, so y'all can see. I have a lot of asiums for the kids. That's that's all my little wise sayings for kids. Um, this is for the secular realm. <clears throat> so you're not going to see a lot of God and spirituals uh, and Jesus stuff in there. Um, but you're going to see a lot of Proverbs in there. You're going to see a lot of, of, of the word of God in there in a good godly way. But just it's created for the public school system. And so get that book for kids, help them discover the art form. Uh, my first book, Unplugged, Top Things Unplugged from in the World. My first book I ever wrote, wrote that book 11, 12 years ago, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie from Soul Ties and Strongholds, and also The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full, your holes, full of Holes, and uh, my card games, Dating Prep, Questions for Every Stage of the Relationship, Better Understand or Memorize Scripture Individually and Fun with Others. I love you. I'll be blessed. All those card games and books on my website. Uh, er, uh, also, areas for you to give, support, whatever you want to support, however God leads. Um, books, card games, support, T-shirts. This is my, one of my shirts for my singleness course. Hole, because it comes from the, the bucket right here. This bucket right here has holes in it. Um, courses this Thursday will be talking. I forgot what we're talking about this Thursday, but uh, courses online. Love y'all. Gotta go. Peace. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Love y'all. Peace.